Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go. Opening day, baseball in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And as always, we're doing a two-hour show from Pete Taylor Park. And we're very glad that everybody's with us this afternoon. This is the day we all look forward to. And uh, what a lineup we've got. Later in the show, Jeremy McClain, Brian Dozier, Daniel Stewart, John Cox will all be joining us, but we're going to kick off the show today in our opening segment, uh, special coverage of uh, opening day of baseball sponsored by Parrish Tractor Company on Highway 49 uh, North in Hattiesburg. We really appreciate all the things that Parrish Tractor does to support Southern Miss Athletics, and uh, we're glad to have them partnering here with us on the Eagle Hour along with all of our great sponsors that are with us each and every day. All right, we're going to kick the show off and uh, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, we've got baseball royalty here with royalty. us. Royalty, I mean, w- one of them is a uh, head coach emeritus. The yeah, other that, yeah. is an associate athletic director for the University of Southern Mississippi. Yeah, coach Barry, thanks uh, for coming, and congratulations. But you didn't stay retired very long. I got done with that honeydew list too quick, I guess. So, <laughs> But uh, just uh, grateful for the opportunity to come back and, and work at a university that I've worked at for a long time and that me and my family uh, are invested in and that we love dearly. So um, I'm very happy and grateful for that opportunity to work beside Jeremy McLean and, and his staff. You're the perfect man, perfect man for the job. There's no question about it. Our co-host today for the full two hours is the legendary, incredible, multi-Hall of Fame member, Hill Denson. I never have been one of those big words y'all said, emeritus. You're the emeritus. You are today, you're the, though. You're the emeritus coach. I've never been called that. Yeah, I've Jack been Duggan. a lot of things. Jack not. Duggan gave that media path. Now, now Scott's community relations, because you guys related and have lunch every day when he was still the head coach, right? Y'all go out to Strix and other places, yeah. right? He never paid, but yeah. <laughs> Nor did Hill. <laughs> We've heard he's kind of tight. Is that true? Very tight. <laughs> he's tight as an old granny knot. <laughs> well, Coach Barry, this has got to, in a way, be an odd day for you. Just describe what this day is like for you, it being opening day of baseball. Well, you know, really, Bob, it didn't hit me until I just pulled in the parking lot, in oh. all honesty. And, I, and, and it wasn't in a bad way. 
it was reflecting of the uh, I had goosebumps just like I have for the 14 prior years of pulling in this lot on on opening day and and, and Hill can attest to it too I mean he he went through it it's just a, what we do and what we work for beginning in August to this time to start this incredible journey and and to see where it ends uh, it's 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 a it's just a great feeling and uh, one that I am grateful that I was able to to experience several years and just proud of Coach Osterander now and taking over the taking over that seat um, that uh, that guides this program and uh, into in the future. When you I don't look- know if you feel the same way, Scott, but it was more it's kind of a relief type day. It, it, you, Feel relieved to finally get to what you've been working for, and it's fun. You should, now, hold on a minute. Fun hold on a minute. See, I asked him this question the other day, what you would be feeling on this day. He said he didn't remember, but now he all of a sudden he remembers. <laughs> well, I, I must have sparked something in him, but, but he's, he's exactly right. You know, I mean, you work so hard, and it's kind of like I remember – and I told this to Oz yesterday. I said, what you got going at practice? And he said, oh, just, you know, review. And that was on Wednesday. And I said, oh, I know. I said, what a waste it is because everybody's ready to get going for Friday. I mean, you've been over this. You've been over it. It's just like studying for a final. You know, you can only study so much, and then it's time to just take the test and see where you are. And that's exactly what, what you feel when you get to this point. You're ready to go out and play somebody other than yourself. I mean, they're tired of, of screaming against one another you have to do it and it you know it gets at, at times it becomes where you get if, if you let yourself you get upset that you're not hitting and you're pitching well or vice versa but I think what you have to be able to do is to be able to use that time as an evaluation time are we making mistakes if we are let's correct them and then more importantly are we competing like we want to in those situations so certainly the haze in the barn as we say and today's a day where you you go against somebody else and that's where the test begins. I've learned a lot about college baseball covering your program the last few years, Coach. One of the things you've said to me a lot of times that uh, sticks to me is the, the phrase, steady wins the race. And you don't get too high and you don't get too low because it's a marathon. It sure is. And, and I mean, it starts today. And, and there's going to be ups and downs. And I heard Christian even talk about it the other day. I mean, there's going to be storms that we're going to have to weather. That's just part of it. Very few teams go through a season like baseball, which is 56 games. Now, we've all seen football teams go undefeated. You know, it's a lesser game and uh, less less games they play. But when you play as many as, as baseball does at this level, certainly there's going to be some hiccups. But the ability to stay even keel, not ride the roller coaster of emotions of highs and lows, and just go out and compete each day and, and be consistent with it. And as we've always said, you know, steady wins the race. That's usually what's going to prove to be your success. Opening day for Southern Miss Baseball. We're live at Pete Taylor Park. Eagle Hour, two-hour show today with uh, former head coaches Hill Denson and Scott Berry. Ask both of you guys this question. Start with you, Coach Denson. Um, Christian Ostrander's first game today, and I'm sure you've had multiple conversations with him, but the gist of that, of encouragement, you know, as he takes over a program, he's he's been in charge um, you know, almost a year now, but today's the first game day as the head coach. One of the things that you've spoken into him the last eight or nine months. Well, just, just do what you do and be yourself and don't try to necessarily be Scott or anybody else, but just do what you do. And, and he does that. I mean, he's been here. He knows what's going on. He's, I've just been in there eating with him, <laughs> eating lunch with him, and he's 
just just regular was, you know. He's in there, relaxed, about like Scott was. And, uh, Coach Barry? Uh, you know, same thing that Hill said. Be who you are. I mean, that's the most important thing. He's been invested in this program now six seasons. This is going into his seventh season. Wasn't hasn't been a head coach for nine years. You know that was the last time at Jones. It was nine years ago. Jason Baker came and, and gave us that information the other day. But you know he's been our assistant, uh, associate head coach now for two or three years, and he's been my right hand man. And he's done a lot of great things uh, to prepare him for this and this opportunity. And certainly he deserves it. So I feel really really great about his leadership and taking this program where we've gotten it and moving it continuing forward. What does it mean to you, Coach Denson, to 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 see how successful now where it's been handed off from Coach Barry to Coach Oz and you know, we always reminisce about uh, where you had this program. But I mean on a day like this, back to back super regional host Southern Miss baseball for you to watch opening day 2024. It's just got to mean so much. I'm I'm the biggest fan. I'm excited about it, and I, I it just I just makes me proud to, to know that it has come so far, and they just keep getting better all the time. And that's what it was supposed to do when we started. It's a long, long journey to get where we are, and uh, but we're there, and uh, you know, hopefully, it keeps right on going on up. So. You know, coaches, you can look back, and, and it's still kind of hard to put into perspective how magical the last two years were and the runs that your guys went on. And you finished last year with well-deserved recognition from every source in college baseball, had you as a top-ten team. When was it last year that the team turned the corner? Was it the, was it the Coastal Carolina Series? I think absolutely. You know, I think going into that series, we were like 25 and 14. I mean, it, it wasn't like we were having a terrible season, but, you know, we just hadn't gotten it all together, it didn't seem like. And, you know, those two losses at, at Coastal Carolina, and they punched us in the mouth pretty good. They sure did. Maybe the best thing that ever happened to us as, as a team at that point because from that point on, we really started playing well and, and playing consistently well and got that confidence that that we couldn't get beat and the chemistry. You could see it all coming together, and it was just uh, from, a, from a head coach's standpoint to just sit back and really just watch and and enjoy those guys come together and just and just see it uh, magically work out like it did. You know, that's every coach's dream. Did we ever discover what Dustin Dickerson was eating during the regional and postseason? Did was it one of your old peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or <laughs> I don't know, you know, but he was on fire with something for sure, but what a great leader he was on and off the field. And, you know, he brought that swag and just that presence that you want from that leader, um, you know, when, when he played and our guys followed it. I talked to another pretty good shortstop earlier today. That's good. We'll have that interview later, Brian Dozier. He talked about his time here and, and you coaching him and coming out to practice and talking to the kids last week. These guys never leave, Coach. Once it seems like the – the big successful players here always come back. Well, you know, I think that they have experienced something very special that keeps them here as a player, and they they see how the community comes together and and supports this program and supports our university, and, and certainly they want to be close to it and be a part of it too. All right, we're visiting with uh, Coach Scott Berry. Coach Hill Denson is our guest co-host today, and uh, we're going to continue our conversations right after this. 
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to Pete Taylor Park, two-hour edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Still to come, John Cox, Jeremy McClain, Brian Dozier, Daniel Stewart. But right now we're going to continue our visit uh, with uh, former head coach Scott Berry. And uh, what is he, head coach em- Emirates? Was em- emeritus. 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 I'm sorry, Coach. And, and Jack Duggan showing a little favoritism because, uh, well. Do you have that tag, Coach? I do not have, have that tag. tag. He didn't even have a tag yet. <laughs> <laughs> You guys have I've got to serve a period outside the game before I can acquire one of those. Before you can be the coach emeritus. That's Is that, correct. Did I say that right, emeritus? Uh, emeritus. Okay. What, to make sure. what, 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 do you think, what, what do you think Coach Palmer would say about emeritus? What do you think he would say? Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm emeritus. I made it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk some about this 2024 squad, Coach Barry. Um, a lot of new faces. I was looking through, you know, what you replace and uh, what what Oz has got to replace. A whole lot of offense, and then between Storm and Hall, it was like 19 wins and 30% of the strikeouts. But I, I talked to Coach Denson about this. It just seems like this is a sleepy, sleepy, deep, talented team that people don't realize how deep this team is. Yeah, I agree. I really like them. I've, I watched them a little bit in the fall, not as much as I have coming off, off from Christmas break, this preseason spring. But I like where it is. The culture seems like it has just never left. It's just picked up where we had it from last year. Obviously, it's those guys that have been in place in our program that understand the culture and how we do things. But uh, you know, we lose, or he lost some really important pieces, obviously, from last year. But, you know, honestly, that's every year, guys. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the world that baseball coaches live in. I mean, it's either from graduation or it's the draft. You're, you're going to lose them every year. And Southern Miss is no no exception. We, we have and, and we'll continue to do that. But with that being said, there's guys that have taken that advancement in their development and moving forward their game. It, it, it reflects and radiates to the other guys on the team. The new guys that they've brought in, they've brought in older pieces. It's not necessarily younger guys that you're going to see out there on the position players. They've got older guys. Gabe brought us at third. You got Ozzie Pratt at, mm-hmm. at short. You know, both of those guys have college D1 or college experience. Brought us at Pearl River. Pratt from BYU. Logan uh, or Nolan Tucker. Valpo, from yeah. Valpo last year. Uh, I love our middle infield combination there. So. A lot of a lot of new faces, but they have experience and and they have depth. But I don't think we've ever had the depth in the bullpen that he has now, and and he has stated that in many interviews that that I've listened to him talk and and with our conversation between us, he really likes that pitching staff. A lot of really strong young arms, as well as some older guys that they brought in to mix with what we've returned. One more question uh, about for me for this year's squad. Somebody was asking me yesterday, you know, who's the face of this squad? And of course, there's a lot of guys, but Nick Nick Monastere, um, I think people saw how good he was last year, but this guy's really the limit for that guy. It really is. Of course, he's a new position change, and being athletic like he is, his athleticism took him right from the middle infield spot at second base last year, where his first start was against Old Dominion on Easter uh, Easter weekend on that on that Saturday, second game of the doubleheader, and, and he never gave up the spot the rest of the year. So he was the spark last year that we needed to really set fire in, in our lineup. 
This year he's going to be playing in center field. Uh, tremendous talent out there. I've watched him run balls down in the gaps that a lot of people in this program haven't been able to do. So exciting young man, just a sophomore, uh, logs that freshman experience, all-important freshman experience as he moves into this sophomore year. He's really special, isn't he? He is. And, you know, and I know people only see him on the field, but – uh, and, and we're so blessed with so many of these players. I, I can't tell you a bad one in there, in no, all honesty. No. But Nick Monaster is just a one first-class individual. No and, and that any any parent that would have him as, as their son would be very proud of him. All right. Now I'm going to ask you guys to, to relay something to our audience. And to the degree you don't you don't want to say it, that, that's fine. But I understand that when the Super Regional ended last year, that you two gentlemen stayed out here until the wee hours of the morning talking and visiting. Can you kind of share with our listeners what that conversation was like? Well, I, and we shared it with several others, too. I can remember we were in the suites, and uh, some of our uh, dear friends that, that have suite, have a suite up there, we all just kind of um, recapped the year and, and closed it out. I can remember our players sitting on the field down there. I can remember Dickerson sitting at shortstop and just crushed that it, that it was over. Uh, but, you know, it was just reflecting on something that was very, very special uh, that very few teams get to experience and get that far in their season. I don't know how many teams that played Division One this year. If, if I was still coaching, I could tell you because I would use that in in the pregame speech with our with our players. But you know, there's 300 plus Division One programs, and to be one of those last ones, really, we were the uh, the ninth team left. I Correct. think that's right. Um, you know, and and the, the eight in front of us obviously went to Omaha. That's pretty special. Mm-hmm. It ended short of what we wanted, but boy, to 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 start that journey and take it to that point uh, is something that is is special and will stay with you a long time. And your thoughts about that night? Well, uh, you remember, I can't remember very much. Hey, select it's selective. <laughs> but, but the biggest thing I remember is maybe just sitting there looking at the field for a while, not a whole lot, and. Uh, you know, just looking at the field, and it's it's still lit up at night. You know, with the with the sign out there and so forth, and you can see the field. And just sitting up, and it was two thirty in the morning. So, you know, the field's named after somebody. You know that, don't you? Yeah, Pete. Yeah, I know. No, no, the stadium's named after, yeah. but the field, the actual field, is yeah. named after somebody. Yeah, his name's Hill Denson. So yeah. I didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, we weren't looking at that. It was just the memories, I think. You know, I, but before we. Before that happened that night, I was I stayed up in the roost and just sat there after all the cars mm. had gone. And I looked down there and saw Dickerson and uh, can't remember who all it was. It was about three. I'm Danny, I think. They were out there on the field and uh, I went out there and talked to them. And all of them had tears mm. running out. There. I think there were a lot of tears <laughs> that night, you know. And as you look back on it now, it makes you so proud of what the program has done, but we were so close. And uh, But, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right, Coach? The lasting memory for me, as much as Tennessee is the heel, um, was everybody let you walk. I think you just went to left field, Coach Barry, and everybody just stayed back in the dugout. And I don't know if you knew everybody was behind you or not coming with you, but it was a send-off. And, of course, Golden Eagle Nation was doing that. And then Tennessee saw you got off their dog pile, faced you, and started tipping their caps yeah. along with everybody. And that 
that moment will forever be etched in my mind about everyone in that stadium recognized the legacy that that you were carrying on Scott, at that moment. there was a lot of hubbub as you know about tennessee's fans and what have you but from the head coach to the kids, they were first class in their respect for you, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. I was so honored and, and shocked when I when I did turn around. And as you were describing it, Luke, I mean, I was replaying it in my head exactly what happened and the feeling that was going through me. And just to turn around and, and to be acknowledged like that and honored in such a tough moment, you know, of ending the season, but also – and in and, and in your career, I mean, you know, it was uh, it was just one of those moments that uh, I, I certainly was able to get through by the help of our fans, our our team, Tennessee, uh, their 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 staff, which is real close to me. I mean, Coach Vitalo and Frank Anderson, his assistant, and we've been friends for a long, long time. And for his team to show the class that they did, I couldn't have been more appreciative. And certainly talked to Tony and told him that that was just. Oh, just a classy moment on on his program's part, Coach Denson. Uh, new season. Um, what, what what do you what do you look for from a team early in the season? You know, just to, what are you going to be looking for today, this weekend, out of these Golden Eagles? A couple of three run homers and a no hitter. <laughs> <laughs> no sweat. That'd be the best. Best thing we get. Man. Is there anything else you might be looking for if you don't see those? Oh. Oh no! You know, you just you you want to see them in live action. You've you've seen them all time, and you know what they're gonna do. But you know they got to get used to it. And the, all of those guys, particularly the ones that playing for the first game, going to be nervous and tight and all that. But you always hope that their first at bat they hit it hard, or they don't boot an error. You don't make an error, you know, and that, and that sort of thing, because it gets in the head real quick. The first the newcomers I'm talking about in. So, you know, you just hope they get off to a good start. That's that's a big thing. How many hot dogs are we going to hear out of you this year, Coach Barry? I, I don't know. Maybe a few. <laughs> I hope a few. What yes. what are you looking for this week? Just as a as you're part of the athletic department now, but but what are you looking for as a fan just, this weekend? Just to continue this strong tradition of of Southern Miss baseball from a fan standpoint, from a player standpoint. And from the total program standpoint, just embracing a new year, uh, reflecting and and uh, being grateful for the years of the past and where this program has come and where it is today, and and all the uh, all the hard work, and especially this man next to me. You know, I, I still his vision to to bring baseball at a quality level to to Southern Miss is why we have what we have today. Uh, otherwise, we may be still playing on a practice field somewhere. So, well, well, both of you gentlemen have always been such great friends to us on this show. We, we're grateful to you. you know, we, we consider you all to be as good of friends as we have, and we thank you both. Thank well, you, Bob. Did you, you see the picture of Scott in the horse's uniform? I did. I thought the other end would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I'm be, just horsing around. <laughs> we'll day. be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to Pete Taylor Park, two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're very happy to uh, have you here with us today. I want to thank Pine Belt Insulation, one of our special weekend sponsors, and uh, they're going to bring us this segment uh, with our, our good friend John Cox, who now joins us. John, I heard you say this is your 47th season 
right? I think so. I think that's it. And your 147th appearance on the Eagle Hour. <laughs> yeah. It's been the highlight of your career. Yeah. Which you pays young? considerably better than the other one does, probably. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, John Cox, why is opening day in baseball different than any other day in any sport? Well, baseball is just different. You know, baseball is, I, I've told somebody the other day, baseball is a storytelling game, whether it's on radio, whether it's on TV, whether it's in, it's, it's just a story telling game and that separates it from the others i mean there's so many storylines in a in a baseball game whether you're watching it or broadcasting it and so uh it's it's just different and and you know it goes back you know uh, you know baseball you go back to 1903 and they celebrated opening day that, that doesn't happen in the nfl that doesn't happen in the nba they don't they may try to do it but they can never do it uh, you know i grew up outside of cincinnati and the, one of the biggest days of the year and the reds were always the first team to ever open the season because they were one of the beginning teams in major league baseball and so that was a big day man school shut down and businesses shut down so opening day whether it's college or uh, Major League Baseball, whatever it is, it's just a special time. Now, you've been doing this. You said this is your 47th season. You've heard a lot of Do you have any Hill Denson stories you've ever heard? Are there any stories that surround Depends what category you want them. There's, there's some you can tell on the radio. There's some you can't tell on the radio. Uh, no, but, you know, Hill, I tell you, and, and, and being serious, the Hill would always impress me about Hill. And still does is he, he he's one of those baseball guys. I said baseball is a storytelling game, and Hill knows all the stories. But he's also a guy who uh, believes in the history of baseball. And opening day is just a special day, whether you're at Southern Miss or Yankee Stadium. And Hill has always been kind of a historian of the game. You know, he can go back and you know talk about years and years ago, further back than I can at uh, at Southern Miss and uh, different things. So. Uh, I don't have necessarily any Hill stories, but uh, I'm sure. I think he probably took opening day probably more seriously. After that, then he can he could be the real Hill Denson after that. But I think being a historian of the game and a guy that had been around the game, I think he took opening day pretty serious. And, and one thing he did was always try to, uh, you know, as Hill was here, we had more and more people show up on opening day because they knew it meant something. It meant the start of what they hoped was a great season for the Golden Eagles. For years before that, you know, just a, just another game on the schedule. And I think when you were playing, baseball season never even started till March. I mean, after spring football practice was over right. a lot of times because a lot of those guys played football and baseball back in the day. Right. And Pete was a football And Pete coach. was coaching football, the end coach. So, yeah. Coach, I've heard you say that you think baseball season starts too early, that yeah. we should start college baseball season later. Yeah. When do, no. you, when do you think? No, quit, we worked hard at it back in this early 90s. There. We were all working on it, moving the season back. And by the way, it did get moved back a month. We're late a month later now than we were really? in the eighties. Wow, really? Uh, the World Series is. It's a month later than it was, but it, we were trying to move it more than that. Hey, baseball should be played April the first through August fifteenth. That's where we ought to be playing college baseball. So right you now. think the college today? World- I still say that. If you did, you wouldn't be building fifteen or ten or five thousand seat stadiums you'd be building 40 and 50 thousand seat stadiums everybody laugh at that when you say it but that's what it'd be major league baseball and 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 pro football have been you know neck and neck all these years as to who was the most important each decade uh, now nfl is a little more important than mlb but back in 1990 we had a survey of 
at that time, Major League Baseball was a was the leading sport. But it's played. See, the American public will not go. They won't buy a season out of season. American public says football, basketball, baseball. I think that's that's what. exactly when you're supposed to play it. And we've been trying to play college baseball during basketball season all my years. And and it's too cold. It's, uh, basketball, I, I kid Richard Williams, who's a good friend of mine that used to be at State, uh, you know, basketball coaches, when it gets too cold, they just turn the thermostat up a degree, you know. <laughs> but they've all done baseball, basketball used to never start until December 1st, college basketball. Right. Now, was it like this year, we've all, we played, we played six games by December 1st, and, yeah. oh, and yeah. baseball, you know, major leagues has even started. You know, they're playing games not in America. They'll go overseas and play in March. Real yep. games that count. And uh, but yeah, baseball, baseball starts. Well, see, way this too is early. the today's day is something different that we got done in the early nineties. We didn't have a starting date or a start ending date back then. The California schools would play part of their schedule in December and January and February, and they get to the end of the season, and they were just playing on the weekends. So they had three three pitchers, you know, carrying them the whole time. And the team, you know, it's cold here in Mississippi in this time of year, but think about Michigan and all those places. Air Force is coming in Monday. They're in Starkville this weekend because of that. Yeah, but you remember remember Gannon College used to come down here from Chicago, wherever they were from. They'd come down here, and they'd go play William Carey about six games. They'd come over here and play six. It'd be 40 degrees out. They'd be laying out in the outfield with getting a suntan. (laughs) It's like Marist. They thought it was right. Marist from New York, right? Same same thing. So, Coach Denson, if you could have it, your way right now. If you were the if you were a commissioner of college baseball, start date, end date. What would it? What would April the first like? through August fifteenth. College World Series. College be- World Series end August fifteenth. About time football season gets going yeah. good, gets practiced. I like good. that, John. What do you think about that? Perfect. No question. I, I've about always. It. I mean, Hill's always been at the the forefront. Uh, you know, a lot of the things he thinks about years ago have come about in college athletics and particularly college baseball. So, you know, they just never ask the right guy. Yeah. You know, they, either they don't want to or, or they don't pay attention. I don't we know had which, a, We had a, had a crew all over the country working on it, a few people working on it. And uh, that had been maybe maybe eight or ten years ago I got a call from Dave Collins from the ABC. Hey, do you have a copy of that thing that we were talking to the convention about? And, uh, and I sent it to them. I thought they were going to get something done. So then, what prevents it? We don't have anybody to lead us up there. They, uh, first thing, we have an American Baseball Coaches Association that's a one convention that's all coaches, little league, and uh, pro ball. And we don't have a college baseball association that would be fighting for getting it moved. Yeah. People, you know, say it costs more because you're in the summer. Well, we're already going a month in the summer now. If you own, especially if you're in the playoffs, you're gonna go six weeks into the summer. But if we had that move back, we, we right now our our World Series is uh, what is it? The end of June now. Yeah, mid and, uh, mid to late June. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it it should be back going another month or two back and yeah. start because of the... You should uh, have the 4th of July, which is the American tradition, and go to a college great. baseball game be on great. the 4th of July. Well, I've had, I had people tell me when I, I did a speech one time in, in, in the convention in Dallas and 
I remember Jerry Kendall, who was at Arizona, stood up. He was against it. He, of course, he was at Arizona, had the great weather and that sort of thing. So he was against change, but he stood up and said, Coach, we are, we have a pro team in our city now. I wouldn't do it. And I said, I was ready for him. I knew he was going to do it. And I said, all right, let's take this as an example. Suppose you're in Columbus, Ohio, and it's 4th of July weekend, and we got coming to town, we got the Toledo Mud Hens coming in to play the Columbus Clippers this weekend, and we also got Michigan coming in to play Ohio State. <laughs> Tell me where the fans would be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. This John, is why he's the head coach emeritus. emeritus. He, you, he's the emeritus, that, by the way, John. Emeritus. You know emeritus, really? Jack gave him on the media guy today. Right. John, we got about a minute 15 left, and we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you. <laughs> give us give us uh, your, your take on this 2024 squad <laughs> for the Golden Eagles. Uh, I think if you take a look at who's back and who they've added, I think they've got a chance to just keep doing what we've done. Uh, and I think it goes back, you know, uh, Pete, Pete Taylor uh, was followed by Hill Denson, and uh, Hill, had play, Hill had played for Pete, and then following that was Corky, who had uh, played for Pete and coached with Hill, and then Scott Berry, and now you bring in Oz, who has learned from all those guys, and so no reason to think that this season ought to be another great one for the Eagles. I'm anxious to, to, to get out there today and watch them play, but I think they're going to have a great I year. I think there's no reason we can't expect to win the regional again. I mean, I think we yeah. have that kind of program now that, yeah, and you that gotta, we should have you a have chance that every happen year. Too. You know, I don't know if you remember last year, but about the, about a month before the season was over, uh, our big big hitter broke his hand. Wilkes. Wilkes. I, I went blank. Wilkes broke his hand, and that really took him down the rest of the season that catch it, kept him in large plug. But that little break right there was a big, big deal, you know, and that could happen with different players. So you don't ever know. John, we appreciate you as always coming on the show, man. Uh, you know, you're welcome anytime we're on the air. Looking forward to it. I've been up there since about uh, 10 o'clock this morning, so uh, I'm ready yeah. to go. Is it, is it yeah. Chris, Christmas morning for you today? It's, it's, uh, well, you know, every day's Christmas morning for me, man. I, <laughs> I, you know, I get paid to go to ball games yeah. and talk about ball games, and uh, what better job is that? The best job John would do is call bingo games on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hill Denson, head coach emeritus. 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 Be, get, work that in the yeah, broadcast. You have a t shirt that says that. Uh, He's got a media pass that says oh, does it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you can put that on the broadcast tonight. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to use that. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to Pete Taylor Park. And as always, we want to thank all of our great Eagle Hour sponsors that are with us each and every day. And uh, you hear us talk about them every day. And uh, we really do appreciate all that they do. We want to thank Custom Built Trailers this afternoon, one of our remote sponsors. And uh, Custom Built Trailers up on Highway 49, just north of Hattiesburg, built trailers of any kind. They're bringing us this segment, which we're going to call the last uh, segment of each hour today, our fan segment. And and today uh, we have no bigger fan around than, um, and I'm happy to say, uh, uh, has become a good friend of mine, Al Baker from Winona, Mississippi, the pride of Winona, Coach uh, 
Absolutely. Coach. And you know this man. All, I've known him for 100 years. Talk about a, a fan like Al and his wife, Miss Nan, who uh, they're here every time the baseball team plays a weekend series. And, and, and a lot of other times, too. Correct. Right. A lot of other times. All these <laughs> years, I, I, I can always count. And I'd see them on the road a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just show up, where, you know, up at Ole Miss or State or whatever. And I, remember, I remember here a long time ago when Nan was on the college board, we went to Omaha with that other team over in Starville. Yeah, well, well and, I forgot their name. Yeah. Well, it's it, 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 irrelevant about that. But uh, <laughs> I remember seeing you up there, and I said, Lord, I didn't know him. I hope they don't recruit him to come coach at Mississippi State. <laughs> I said, he was up there. He was like uh, – 98 or 99 or somewhere along in there when they were. I think it was my last trip up there. I made a couple of trips with the idea of figuring out where we would be staying and things like that in the future when we got there. I mean, undoubtedly, obviously, we didn't get there in time, so I didn't have to worry about getting back <laughs> up there. But, uh, but uh, Al, t- tell everybody what it means to you to be a Southern Miss fan, not just baseball fan. It, it means a lot to me. I, of course, a lot of the time I was here, I can't talk about some of the things I was doing yeah. then. I got in the wrong bunch, you know. And <laughs> In fact, one of my fraternity brothers, Ben Willoughby, I know yeah. y'all are familiar with him. But uh, I had a good time down here and met a lot of my, really my best friends have been here. Yeah. I've got uh, Tyke Morris, he, he's one of my best friends. And Robin, his wife, they've been friends of mine for a long time. And it, it just, I get to see people that I don't see. A lot of these people don't come north to anything up there, you know. And right. I have to come down here to most any, any event I can. You know, watched it over the years as we, we always played State and Ole Miss in, you know, a two-game or a three-game series sometimes. Uh, uh, four game really i mean we play two up there and two down here most every year and uh you know I, it, it was always it was kind of fun looking back at the when we first started doing that uh, it you know might have one or two fans usually them <laughs> at, at a game uh from southern miss and their goal when we were at old miss or state either one and then it got bigger and bigger each year so it got where we were drawing pretty good on the road up there too too fans and in you that's just the way it built and but it was such a good uh, good to see them there and nan being on the college board that was a big help for us too over the years yeah we we had a uh at a rotary program about a couple of weeks ago we had one of the vice ex-vice presidents at mississippi state come be our program of course we get a lot of those guys because we're so close to starville right but uh he came in the first thing he said well I, and i had nan had to speak to him and and he said well his Nan Baker here, and glad to see her. But I hate to see that she brought Al with him. Well, uh, that uh, when he when she was on the board, we were trying our best to get her to help us get some money and things. That Al was trying a lot harder to get that money sent to Hattiesburg instead yeah. of Starbucks. Well, she's That's a wonderful right. lady, and Coach. Would it be fair to say that uh, Al married up? Oh, no question. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I'll be the first to admit that. <laughs> Almost as much as Scott Berry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you. Well, 
Some people say that, but I've always hey, said she's a lucky woman. Did, did she get you these designer jeans that you're wearing today? Because they look really good. Yeah, they, they designer Levi's. Yeah, they yeah. look really, really good. Now, Jeremy McLean is here with us, and he's probably responsible for you getting the head coach emeritus. Emeritus on emeritus my Emeritus badge today, Jeremy. I had to get some clarification. That. That Do you know what emeritus means? Do you, do you know <laughs> it sounds like something real important. They never did call me that. Yeah, but John Cox know. said her, he thought you had to be dead to be emeritus, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> what do you, Mr. Baker, what are you looking at of this team this year? About a minute left. I, I'm looking for a very good. In fact, I've already made my plan for Omaha. Ah, so I'm oh, thinking no. I'm, I've got all my points. I stay out here at the Comfort Suites, and I'm letting them accumulate. And I'm gonna use every one of them in June, in Omaha. I'm cool I like with that. the way you think. I do. I went with them in '09. I said, "Well, I, was, I'm on, I want to go back." You know, I getting some. Well, you familiar with the age bracket we're in here? Well, you know, well, I don't know how many more trips I'm gonna be yeah. able to make. Now, Al, you and I, have, like I say, I'm happy to say, have become good friends. And isn't it a good thing we don't take these baseball games that seriously, do we? No, we don't. In fact, <laughs> lightning! Watch the lightning! Here it comes. I want. I want to know. When y'all gonna get struck? Well, I want. I like where I'm sitting because I can give all of my expertise to the umpire right in front of me right. down there behind home plate. And I told, by the way, Nan's cousin is uh, J.B. Middleton, we found out. Yazoo City. Yazoo City. He can throw a baseball. And I heard that. We talked to him at the first pitch banquet the other night, and uh, we, we look forward to him doing well. We really Thanks do. for sitting there with us, my friend. It's good to see you as always. Thank you for asking, Bob. I appreciate it. we got another hour, Eagle Hour. Another hour coming up. We've got Jerry McLean, Brian Dozier, Daniel Stewart, Wendy Warren, and Angela Getty. That should probably... In in the show, boy, uh, that's quite a. And when I say ended, I mean probably forever. But uh, and, and another yeah. hour of Hill <laughs> head coach emeritus, head coach emeritus. emeritus. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. Second hour of the Super Talk Eagle Hour here from Pete Taylor Park. And uh, we want to thank Scott Ferry and John Cox, Al Baker, for joining us in the first hour. We're going to kick this uh, hour off by thanking our friends at Heritage Firearms for being one of our remote sponsors today. They're located in Oak Grove, have a huge selection of firearms and ammunition, and we appreciate them sponsoring this segment with Athletics Director Jeremy McLean and, of course, uh, Head Coach Emeritus uh, Hill Denson continues. Hill Denson is uh, laughing at our athletic director because his brand new associate athletic director tangled the uh, headphones. <laughs> the cabin. He doesn't know what to do with himself. It's open and day. He doesn't know <laughs> what to do with himself. He he did say that it hit him when he pulled in yeah, the parking lot. Yeah, I yeah, bet. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy, are you responsible for the new title of Hill Denson? Head <laughs> I can't take credit for that. They uh they asked me what we wanted to call Hill, and they said they couldn't put that on a name tag, so we didn't, <laughs> didn't do that. Emeritus. <laughs> Yeah. With a TIS. I apologize, sir. I apologize, uh, Jeremy. Uh, last year, when the announcement came that you know Scott was leaving, you didn't you didn't hesitate to pull the trigger on Christian Ostrander. Uh, your thoughts about him taking over the baseball program today? Yeah, really excited. You know, and I think kind of backtracking a little bit to that process. I think we um, maybe even without saying it out loud, although we probably did at some point, knew kind of where that was headed when the time was right. Right, and so. You know, Christian's interview process was 
over the course of three or four or five or six years, and uh, he obviously did a great job at it. And so when the time came for, and Scott and I had that conversation about kind of what the future holds and where he was at on, on uh, you know, uh, how, how much longer he wanted to go, and he, he kind of let me know that this would be it. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a conversation really. It was just about you know kind of beginning to talk to Christian about hey, here's what we're thinking, here's how we want to do this, and um, which was really great because it gave um, it gave Christian a head start in some ways on recruiting and scheduling and all the things you you need to be able to do as a head coach and prepare for, and so it really was an ideal situation. Um, so I'm really excited about where we're at. Um, you know, and, and I think what we've seen in the fall and, and leading up to uh, opening day here out of this team and, and, and kind of energy level and, uh, you know, if you're around them a little bit, you'll kind of get a, a really good feel for kind of, you know, I think there's a level of competitiveness right now with this group. And part of that is we're very, very talented. Um, and I think all that's been fun to see. And so I think Christian's done a great job of getting us to this point, getting us ready for opening day, and, and, and now it's uh, now the fun part starts. Well, you were a great college baseball player yourself, so when you look at the team, what's your thoughts? How, how yeah, do you think I, this team looks? Yeah, I, I think we're very talented top to bottom. I think uh, I think arm talent-wise, we're, uh, you know, and it's this is a big statement, so be careful how I say it, but I think it's one of the most talented pitching staffs we've had, um, and, and I think that's a great place to start. Uh, now, what I would say too is that we've got a lot of new faces you know, in the bullpen, on the mound, and especially on the offensive side. I think we're very talented um, offensively. I just think we've got guys who haven't had as many at bats at this level, and so there probably is going to be a bit of an adjustment process there. And uh, but I think they're going to be just fine, and, and they'll get through that. And uh, I think at the end of the day, we're going to have a lineup that's going to be top to bottom, um, going to be going to be nine hard outs. What does it mean for you, second year in the league, instantly, you know, at the top, um, and second season in Sunbelt Baseball, second season in a row, s- tickets sell out? Yeah, right? yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I don't know that, when I came back, I think we were, um, in 2019, I think we were selling about 17, 1800 season tickets, which I thought was great, and uh, so I don't know if you'd asked me then, and you know, hey, can we sell this thing out on a season ticket basis? I just I don't know that I would have envisioned that, but I did know that um, we had a great opportunity, kind of where we were positioned, where Scott had put us, and and that um, you know we were going to be in a position to really do some special things, and so it kind of snowballed, which it, which is how it happens, and you just got to be prepared for success, and we talk about this all the time with our staff, like. You don't have success and then try to figure out how to maximize it. You prepare for the day where you get to where you want to get to. And so our, our group was prepared, took advantage of the opportunity, the success we had on the field. And so it's been a lot of fun to see that. And, of course, you know, I get this question. I can't hardly walk down the street without getting a question about renovations to Pete Taylor Park and expansion of Pete Taylor Park and all those things we're working really diligently on and made great progress. And certainly we're going to add seats. Um, you know, we're also going to do some things that – from a player development standpoint, will allow us to continue to get better. Uh, so we're excited about that. But it's it's been great. You know, it's from a Sun Belt standpoint, I think um, probably what I enjoy most about this league is you just said, hey, kind of automatically at the top, which which was the case certainly in year one. Um, but it's a league where you got to work for it every year because this is a very very deep baseball league, and I'm not sure it's getting quite the recognition it it deserves yet. 
Um, but if we keep doing what we did last year and what we've done over the league's done over the last couple of years, that'll change. And so for us, you know, it's always going to be you're going to have to work to kind of be at the top of this league. And I'm excited about that. I think that's going to bode well for us in the long run, especially when it comes to postseason play. Of course, you did show them right out of the gate in the tournament. There is a new guy in town. That's and, right. Uh, there's a team you're going to have to deal with if you think you're going to yep. win this tournament. Yep. And that's uh, I think that's always going to be the case, you know, and I, I think people respect it. I will say this. The one thing that. I don't think anybody was surprised that we were successful in baseball. I think the one compliment or comment I got, speaking of the conference tournament, a commissioner kind of came up to me and he said, man, you guys sure do travel well. And, uh, you know, we kind of take it a little bit for granted because we're so accustomed to it, but I don't know there's a lot of baseball programs in our league that travel that way. And, um, you know, I thought that was a huge compliment to our fan right. base. And this man sitting yeah, to you can, your right. you can thank yeah, him. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> he is. No a, doubt about it. In all seriousness, though, he's he's in many, many ways responsible for what we all enjoy now here now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and we enjoy the opportunity to try to continue to build on what, what, what Hill was able to kind of be, create from a vision standpoint and, and, and see come to reality. And, and I hope he takes – pleasure in the fact that we're able to kind of continue to build on it too because it's, it's been a lot of fun and kind of each year and each step and 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 you know doing doing new things and trying to do it better uh, i think it's something we take great pride in so so was the vision like drawn up on a napkin in the commons one day because you know we know you're we know you love the bellhaven cafeteria I, no, I, I, you remember i can't remember selectively I, go ahead I, I don't know that I had a vision. I, I didn't even know I was visualizing anything. But I, I was, I was trying to get us better, trying to win a ball game or two. So, uh, you know, that was the night thing. So, you don't remember that pitcher that told us he made him throw 180 pitches. Yeah, Daryl. Daryl. He didn't Lindsay. remember that that yeah. night. We asked him about that. Hey, let me yeah. just speak for, for the record. That was not that unusual back in the day. <laughs> we, we were playing. That was, uh, and he didn't throw times. hard enough. To That's right. <laughs> me either, real. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, you must take a lot of pride in this. I mean, you came here, one of the first things you did, you got this turf put down on the field, which Coach Berry really wanted badly, and uh, you've certainly invested in the baseball program. But is it fair to say you're a baseball guy, aren't you? I love the game, certainly. And, uh, of course, we've got 17 sports. I, I, I love every one of them. Um, I, you know, but I enjoy this time of year. I enjoy being out here, and, and, and I'm, you know, kind of always been a – student of the game even even outside of being a player love the history of the game have always um you know enjoyed that aspect of it so i, I yeah i take just pride in, in being around baseball in general so this what is a lot of fun for me it's hard, hard to call it work one of my worst decisions that i ever made i think in uh, when i was at Bellhaven after my years of retirement here i uh i made the mistake of taking uh, the manager's job of an independent ball club that some of the jackson senators after the we played our 56 games and i went into a 92 game schedule for the summer with with the uh senators but um i don't know if jeremy remembers it but uh i i was i was just hired to manage and they hired had a guy hired for uh to bring our talent in. Well, there wasn't much talent there that I could see that we, how we were going to compete. So I started getting on the phone, and one of the first persons I called, and he probably doesn't remember it, was Jeremy McLean because he had pitched the summer before. Yeah. And I, 
I begged him to come back out of his retirement. Well, even if I'd wanted to, my elbow would not allow it. <laughs> well, that, that would have worked really good. A hurt arm wouldn't have hurt anything. We needed pitching. Uh, I do remember that, by the way. He was a great pitcher, wasn't he? Yeah, he had pitched a year before, and see, he was one of the studs, and then he quit. Left me there. No, look, I, quit is not the right term. I like to say retired slash got married, and it was time for me to, to move on to what was next. We brought that up on the show one day with him. We, yeah. we learned about his yeah. really historic career at Delta State. It was, oh, absolutely. When, when Riggins hit the portal, Jeremy said, my records are safe. That's <laughs> when he, came, when he yeah. came down. And, Jeremy, there's a connection that I, I maybe some fans don't know. I mean, you're a Delta State guy. I'm an admirer of Delta State baseball having lived in Delta, and that's where Coach Oz comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Christian and I have known each other from Delta State for a long time. We actually um, were teammates. Um, so we arrived on campus the same year. Uh, I was a freshman. He was a junior college transfer. And uh, we're on the same pitching staff together and had a chance to uh, get to know each other really well, and um, you know what you see in Christian as a coach is kind of who he was as a player and teammate too. Um, very genuine, uh, hard nosed, competed every every day, and was always trying to figure out how to get better. And, and so again, he and I have known each other for a long time. Which you know when we got to the point where uh, I came back and he was here, and we we needed to make a decision on the next head coach. I had a little more background so to speak than i would on some some folks great program that doesn't get enough credit yeah, yeah. amen to that jeremy thank you very much certainly appreciate you jeremy mcclain athletics director we're going to continue the show up next brian dozier stay with us Welcome back to a two-hour edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, broadcasting live from Pete Taylor Park. Our next guest really needs no introduction to Southern Miss baseball fans, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to give you one. Brian Dozier, of course, uh, <clears throat> one of the great all-time players here at Southern Miss. 224 games, hit uh, 355 as a career, 55 doubles, seven triples, 16 home runs, 152 RBIs, eight years in Major League Baseball, where he hit 192 home runs, 561 RBIs, played in the uh, All-Star game, uh, hit a home run in his first at-bat in an All-Star game, and, of course, was part of the uh, World Series team with the Washington Nationals in 2019. Brian, it's always a uh, a great pleasure to have you on the show. When you When you hear all those statistics and all those great accomplishments, I mean – it's been a few years, but uh, I would think you still have incredible memories about that. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're running off some uh, some stats and stuff, and it takes you back to uh, the playing days a little bit. But uh, there's a lot of good memories, and some not so good. But uh, I think they, <laughs> the good ones outweigh the bad ones, and and then at the same time, but it's 
it's a joy to be back home and raising these kiddos and stuff. Well, that was going to be my next question. And I know you've heard this a thousand times, Brian, but when you finished playing Major League Baseball, you could have moved anywhere in the world you wanted to move, literally. But you came back to Hattiesburg. We're glad you're here. But what made you and your wife uh, want to move back here after uh, after your your MLB career? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm from up around Fulton, Tupelo, Mississippi. She's from Mandeville. And, uh, you know, we met at Southern Miss. She played soccer and and uh, a few of her best friends uh, stayed in Hattiesburg and actually married a few of my best friends. And uh, so, ironically, we just all kind of were like, well, all our close friends are here, so we uh, we might as well just call Hattiesburg our home and stay here. And uh, and it's kind of in the middle. The only, the only downside, I guess, is we don't have a uh, – a grandparent that we can just drop the kids off and, and <laughs> go have dinner. So the the babysitting aspect of things is a little tough. But uh, other than that, yeah, Hattiesburg's home. Years ago, uh, you were you were here with your your wife. She was gracious enough to come be on the show with us, and she told me off the air that uh, the reason you like coming back to Hattiesburg is because when when you guys were living in Minnesota and y'all would go out to eat, et cetera, you were Brian Dozier, the major league baseball player. But when you came home and got around your friends here in Hattiesburg, you were just Brian. And she said you were more comfortable with that. Uh, very much so. I mean, obviously, the, the, the lifestyle and stuff at the big league level and, you know, and, um, you know going out to dinner and a drink or anything like that, uh, it, 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 just, it doesn't really weigh on you, but it's just, it's, just a, it's part of it. It comes with it. But being back, always being back home, I get back in off season. I wouldn't hear one thing about baseball. I pick right back with my friends, right where we left off, and just talk about everything but. And uh, that's just kind of my speed—a little bit slower and a little bit uh, get in the woods and that kind of thing. So, uh, and Hattiesburg's home now, so that's that's where we'll be forever. Heck, Brian, one of your friends uh, came out here to be on our show one day, and about midway through the interview, he revealed that you were sitting out in the parking lot in a truck waiting on him and mitchell williams went out and got you he i remember That's mitchell right. williams going brian dozier's in the parking lot what's wrong with you and he he bolted out of the building to go get you that's it that's catfish Quavis, one of my close friends he uh uh i know he comes on the show every now and then and stuff but yeah well uh, i remember that he's like let's go have lunch and he's like hey uh wait just a second i got to do a radio interview i'm like huh All right, well. you sat out in the car uh, Brian, yeah, I want to yeah. take you way back. Something that I read this morning, it reminded me of my dad. My dad was, uh, at one time, the state commander of the Mississippi American Legion. And I see that back uh, before you came to Southern Miss, you played American Legion baseball, post-49, the Tupelo 49ers. Uh, you recall those That's days? It. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Some good days. Well, tell me, what for people that may not know, what is what is or what was American Legion baseball, Brian? Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, summer ball, and you got to remember, I mean, it wasn't too, too long ago, but, you know, we we didn't have travel ball. I mean, I know that's big now and stuff, and, you know, it was, hey, uh, it was an honor to, you know, play American Legion ball and, you know, go against other, you know, Pontotoc had another good team, Jackson did, a coast team, and and, uh, that was it. Uh, We ended up winning the state championship and stuff, and, and uh, but no travel ball. I mean, it was that, that was that was your summer ball, and it was an honor to play for them. And it was, you know, kind of uh, a lot of good friends on that team. Mitch Morland, uh, uh, another great guy from Mississippi, and he played on it. Jeffrey Ray, a lot of good guys, and uh, and sure enough, I, I mean, I fell in love with it. Uh, my brother played it as well, and 
you know, now it's all, you know, the travel ball, travel ball, travel ball, which is good and stuff, but uh, I'm always quick to say, hey, listen, uh, if, if, uh, you know, if your kid's good, you know, they'll find you. You don't have to always just do the travel, travel, travel and go every state. So, but the American Legion was, uh, it was, it was pretty great. What do you think about travel ball, Brian? Uh, you know, I think that's where, uh, and I've talked many a times and many a kids on this, and it's it's kind of, I mean, it's a good thing, right? I mean, it, that that means the game's growing, more kids are involved in anything, and uh, I like it uh, up to a certain point. Um, when when you're playing, <clears throat> when you're telling a nine year old kid to play baseball year round. Um, that's when it's like, okay, let's, um, let's pump the brakes. Uh, kids' arms are not made to throw a baseball year-round. Uh, no arm is. And, and then, you know, if you're playing year-round, you're, you're not really, you know, doing other sports, so to speak, and other sports teach you so many different moves and, um, you know, within to make you a better athlete and stuff. So that's kind of when I've always have a problem with it. Uh, it's basically torturing your kid if you, you know, try to play year-round and stuff and, you know, a lot of parents do think, well, you know, you got to, you know, in order to be the best, you got to, you got to play year round. You got to nonstop and, and they'll be left behind. And that's it's actually the exact opposite. And, uh, but travel ball within itself, if you can just do it to one season and stuff, right. uh, then I, I like that. All right. All right, Brian. Uh, opening day, always special. I think it's the most special day in sports when it's opening day of baseball. New coach. A lot of new faces are going to take the field here in just a couple of hours. So these kids that are coming in here and trying to replace the likes of Danny Lynch and Dustin Dickerson and great players like that, what advice do you have for them, Brian? Yeah, I know a lot of new faces. I've actually um, got a chance to talk to the hitters uh, last week, and they asked some great questions and went over a few things. And and uh, a great group of guys, actually a lot of big guys. too. I always forget. I was like mm-hmm. – Jesus, we weren't that big. I mean, a bunch of big guys that just seemed like horses out there. But, but, uh, but I, you know, they, you know, losing a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of new faces, and Coach Barry leaving, and then obviously Oz um, coming in, which uh, is is an unbelievable coach, and uh, he'll have them right uh, uh, where they should be uh, mentally and prepared, and um, so it's. It's you know opening day is a unique thing and everyone wants to get off to a good start and all that kind of stuff but you got to always got to always slow the game down and, and uh, pretend at least that it's only just a it's just a normal little game of baseball. So. Right. Would it be? Would you expect this team to maybe uh, take a take a few games to develop a chemistry? Would Would you expect to struggle a little bit early in the season? Would that be unusual? Uh, I wouldn't think so, uh, mainly because it's like I talked with the hitters the other day that um, a lot of new faces, everybody wants to get off to a good start, prove themselves that they are you know, one of the better teams in the nation, all this kind of stuff without having that chemistry, so to speak, and playing a lot of years together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told them, hey, listen, you gotta, you, you got to take what the game gives you. you. You can't try to hit the three-run homer opening day with two guys on base. It's, you know, if you, if you go the 0 for 2 with three walks, say hey, that's what it gives you that day, and that's how you create this thing. And then you start developing that everyone, you know, that's kind of, you, you know, what your role is. And, you know, you're doing things, drawing walks for the team, not, to, you know, just trying to, you know, go the 3 for 4 or, or strike out 10 or, you know, whatever it is that really focus on, hey, whatever that at bat or whatever that pitch or whatever it is, 
is given you, you know, you, you have to take it and just move on to the next guy. And instead of trying to like prove so much in the first few games, uh, when you do that, you start pressing and then it can go south pretty quick. But I don't, I don't think that, uh, that's in these guys, um, repertoire. I think it's, uh, I think it should be pretty good. It's fun to watch. And real quickly, we're about out of time. We're hearing this is a really talented bunch of kids. Uh, when you were around them, do you sense that, Brian? Oh, absolutely. I got a, I stuck, stuck around for practice. All guys throwing pins. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the pitching staff, unbelievable. And uh, coaching staff uh, with Oz and, and Creel and all those guys, and, you know, they really know what they're talking about. And, um, and it, it was pretty impressive. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know the whole city of Hattiesburg is too. Well, Brian, uh, we're all very happy that uh, you and your wife chose to come back here and live with all of us. And I'm very grateful to you for your uh, – Always, you've never told us no about coming on the show, man. We're grateful to you for that. It's always a great honor to have you. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Brian. Brian Dozier, everybody. Major League All-Star. Great, great guy. Oh, man, what a what a ball player. And how lucky we are to have him and his uh, wonderful family living here. All right. We're going to continue from the penis opening day, everybody. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Well, back uh, at the at the peak, getting ready for the opening baseball game of the season, and I think the officials just came in here. The umpires may have just walked by. Three blind mice. Listen, should we boo them right now before they even? <laughs> Coach Denson tried to wave at them. They never didn't look his way. Yeah. Was, they tried to throw Coach Denson well, out. I well, understand. Well, me a finger. <laughs> He's just saying you were number one, Coach. Yeah. That's that's what it was. Daniel Stewart joins us uh, now on the Eagle Hour. Daniel, a former baseball pitcher here, the man that, the man that slayed the Mississippi State Bulldogs every time he every went time. on the mound, and that's what we like about him, Coach. Absolutely. Jensen. You did you know about this guy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Could he could he do it? I wanted him to come play when I was here. Yeah. Coach Barry had other other ideas. Had to go to Meridian for a couple of years. Meridian, yeah. couple of years yeah. Daniel, good to have you here, man. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you. You tell us what opening day means to you. We were talked earlier about how special it is, and uh, I'm sure it was the same for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, you know, you've been you practice in the fall, you get a break in Christmas, you practice in the in the cold parts of the winter. So, opening day, you finally get to play, and uh, you know it's 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 important for the guys that are playing finally get to get out on the field and, and put it to use but then for Hattiesburg and for Southern Miss I mean a lot of energy that you can kind of feel in the air opening day of baseball season so it's always a great day were the crowds as crazy when you were playing here as they are now uh I don't know uh they got pretty crazy at times I can remember my dad doing a, yell, a lot of yelling at the umpires back in the mm-hmm. day but um you know you notice some of the fan stuff when you're playing but I don't know if you really notice at all can so. you hear it can you hear it and yeah usually um 
you kind of tune it out as best you can. But, mm-hmm. you know, when something really exciting happens and the fans go crazy, you can't help but feed off of that. So, right. Coach, what, nice. what question do you have for a former Southern Miss pitcher here? Well, uh, just about his career, I would like to know what, what is important to you about – well, why do you like Southern Mississippi? What are you – well, I told people this a lot because, you know, like we were talking earlier, there's great baseball programs around the South. But for Southern Miss, it just seemed like we wanted it more. We were grittier. We were tougher. We didn't care that we were in Conference USA. We didn't care that you were in the SEC. We were still going to come after you. We were still going to beat you. And it gave guys that somewhat may have been overlooked by a Mississippi State and Alabama hey, I'm still going to play D1 baseball. When I get a chance to play you, I'm going to show you why you should have recruited me. And, and I like what Joe Paul is pushing now, the word grit. Grit, mm-hmm. that that's kind of kind of goes back to what we are, really. Yeah. I, forever we've been that. We've we have, always been surely. the underdog, right, Coach, even when yeah. you were here coaching? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, but you kind of like that, right? Yeah, you do. You do like it. All you guys been complaining about them not being in the top ten, top twenty. I like that. <laughs> I do too. Well, welcome to it. Yeah. yeah. Twenty-two years ago, April seventeenth, two thousand two, senior pitcher Daniel Stewart threw his first complete game of the season, second of his career. Southern Miss defeated Mississippi State six to three. Yes. This is a quote from Corky Palmer. Mm. Daniel Stewart pitched a great game on the mound, and he has really done well that last few times out. Now. When you gave up two runs early in the game, sure. he, he, he that probably was not his opinion. <laughs> and then the last seven. It, it changed as the game went on. <laughs> it, and what a lot of people don't know about that game, I, had, I struck out one guy that game, and it was on a hanging breaking ball that was questionable. Um, so, you know, I really didn't overpower him too much, but our theory back in the day was, you know, these SEC guys, like, expect the ball out other side of the plate, so they're going to, you know, hit it. So we just jammed them all night. And we had gotten beat 19-2 to two the night before. Coach Palmer came to me, and Brad Wilcutt said, you know, he usually called pitch. He's like, I think something just feels off. I'm going to let y'all call the game. So, Brad, pretty much, I didn't shake him off much, but we, we, we got it done that night. What a great catcher, by the way, Brad oh, yeah. um, Great catcher. Did, did Corky ever tell you what he was going to tell the pitchers when he went out to the mound? I don't, I don't remember it. <laughs> What, what did he tell me? No, I'm just, I'm just asking. You know, or, with the the, converse, the conversations on the mound that between Coach Palmer and the pitchers, I wouldn't want to repeat them. <laughs> you were never hard on a pitcher, were you? Oh Joe? no, no, no. You were gentle. You know, I don't even like to talk to pitchers. Is that right? No, I, you know, you don't like pitchers. No. <laughs> I'd let Corky handle them or yeah. Doug Lambert handle them. Y'all talk to the pitchers, especially the left-handers. You come uh-huh. talk. Oh to yeah. yeah. What was it about them? Are they different? Well, they different. Yeah, yeah. yeah they like kickers, punters. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sort of on the team is that? Yeah, what they. Say? You know, they just out <laughs> there, space cadets. You know. <laughs> beefy, beefy punters. We yeah. we think more like the average football player. <laughs> yeah, I always thought the punters and the kickers. Well, I coach football too. Right. And, Huh? And the kickers and punters were just left-handed pitchers, I thought. They, <laughs> they left-headed a little bit. Left-headed. <laughs> what, looking back on it, though, what was it like to be able to play for Corky Palmer? Um, he in, he was one of those old-school coaches. That was when hard nose Coach Denson's probably the same way. Um, he Not made the comment. Bad as Corky. <laughs> well, he made the comment one time. He said, kids are changing. You know, it's in – whether you think that's good or bad or what, but, you know, 
going to high school at West Lauderdale, Coach Jerry Bodner, I had my fair share of chewings. I could take it. I, if I messed up, I wanted you to yell at me. Um, you know, nothing against some of the younger kids that come in, but I was kind of on that bubble where some of them, you jump on them pretty good. and I don't know if they really knew how to handle it very well, but um, he was one of those guys. I mean, he was going to jump on you. He was going to let you know what he thought, but it was all to make you better. And I think he's probably one of the last coaches in that era of coaches that was just hard-nosed, come at you, tell you what he thought, didn't care if you got your feelings hurt because he knew it was going to make you better. So, it was, you know, if you understood where he was coming from, you, you were going to be okay. Coach, what do you think of this modern age of, of college sports where if, if you're coaching and you get on a kid or maybe the kid isn't playing as much as you as he thinks he should, he could just transfer to another school and leave you. Could you have coached in that era? Well, let me tell you all something. Baseball, all, even my last 10 years or so here at Southern Miss, we had the same rules, basically. We had a one-time transfer at the time. You could transfer one time as long as the coach, schools agreed on it. You could transfer one time, but you had to sit without sitting out a year. You could do that. So we already had that. And we already had, we didn't have the portal, but we, pro baseball could take our players all the time. And we were used to losing them. And that's kind of gotten these football and basketball coaches nowadays caught them off out of surprise. I mean, you know, it tears your team up. You can't Mm -hmm. keep the team. You can't get enough players in every year. And if you don't know who's going to be drafted at the last minute, and, for instance, the kid that left us last year, the pitcher that left the day, uh, that left us and went to Florida last year. Waldrop, yeah. He's yeah, with Waldrop, camp, he's camp right. with the Braves right yeah, now. But he, he didn't but he didn't know till the last day the portal mm-hmm. was open that he was leaving, right, which right. was was not a good thing. No, you know, no. But we have – back then we had the draft late in the summer, so – you had to anticipate the draft, and, and, you know, if they come and hit you hard. And my last four or five years, that was probably one of the reasons I went ahead and retired was the fact that we were getting hit with the draft so hard every year and losing players, and and you didn't, couldn't anticipate. You didn't know how high they would go or if they would go and that sort of thing. That is, and they still have that. Now. That is yeah. very interesting how baseball was already experiencing what, Maybe you know Daniel, what the portal and and what NIL is doing right now with just the shifting of rosters. Yeah, you know, to me, having played college athletics, the thing that seems to me would be affected the most is team chemistry. You know, it takes you a little while to get used to playing with these players and playing together and and firing on all cylinders. And then somebody, well, you know, in your case, got drafted, Coach Stenson. I mean, that's you know, you lose one or two players to the draft, you can kind of overcome that, but. Gosh, you got half the team leaving, and it's probably but hurts you, worse than football. But um, to me, that's what seems would probably be affected the most is just the team chemistry. Yeah, and and you know basketball had it a little bit, and so it, I think why now, even though it's such rough, football's finally getting hit with what everybody else is has got hit with over the years. True, and because that's the loudest microphone, perhaps that's why it's so much. But you know what's really funny to me right now—not funny. I'm I'm still mad about it. But we're paying some of these players in other sports. We're paying them in the millions of dollars to play sports, and we still got half scholarships. Yeah, we well, still yeah. have eleven scholarships 11. 7, for thirty. Yeah. We don't even have a full scholarship. Isn't that right? What do you yeah. think about that? I think it. Well, I can't say it. <laughs> And your buddy Ron Polk has fussed about that for years. Oh, yeah. I saw him 
20 years ago at a, at a alumni deal he did up in Greenville, and he was raising hell about it that night. Yeah, you can't, can't even do a full scholarship yeah. to play. All right, so, Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot right here in, on okay. the, in front of the four people that listen to the show every day. <laughs> uh, are you going to be our analyst this year? So can we rely on you every week to analyze the weekend series? I, I will do my best. I'd love to. Okay. I think that sounds and great. And we're going to have the head coach emeritus. He, of course, comes on the show regularly. That's emeritus with T-I-S on the end. <laughs> he, he has been. That is his new title as of emeritus. today. His media pass will will say he's, he's got head one. coach emeritus. Okay. He's got, they brought hey. it to him in front of us. Scott Berry said, hell, he didn't even have a media pass. <laughs> He'll get one in 40 years. <laughs> he will. Daniel, thank you, buddy. We always appreciate thank having you on the show. Daniel Stewart, everybody, so one of our good friends. We're going to be right back. This may be a dangerous segment. We're going to let head coach Emeritus interview Wendy Warren and Angela Getty about their fetish over Southern Miss baseball. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on a special two-hour opening day, Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour live at Pete Taylor Park today. Just a little over an hour away from first pitch of the 2024 season. Southern Miss taking on the Marist Red Foxes. Nico Mazza taking the mound today for the Golden Eagles at 4 p.m., First pitch tomorrow at 6, Sunday at 1. And then don't forget, Air Force comes in 4 p.m. Monday. Golden Eagles play four games in four days. Coach Hill Denson joins us as a special co-host today. But our last fan segment of the day, (laughs) somehow Miss Angela, Angela Getty here with us. Your your husband has skipped out on interviewing you. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's going on with that? His chicken. He is chicken. He is chicken. <laughs> Angela Getty with us and Wendy Warren Hi, of the uh, the famous Warren family. Thanks for joining us. And let, let's just start here. Um, I think what the, the question Bob was too scared to ask was, what does Southern Miss baseball mean to you ladies, and, and why are you here today at the Pete? We love the baseball team. We enjoy getting together with all our friends, and it's just wonderful. I mean, we, we root for them, and then we love them if they lose, but we still, you know, enjoy our baseball. Absolutely. Wendy? I absolutely love the fans, the atmosphere, the just the whole whole shebang of everything about the baseball season. It's I've been looking forward to it for months now. Everybody's been picking at me. <laughs> There's, well, how so are they I'm, picking it? They weren't, they weren't Southern Miss fans themselves? Oh, no, they just know I'm obsessed. My husband picks at me and says I'm here three hours before every game. <laughs> well, I talked I talked to uh, I talked to one Danny Lynch earlier, 
<laughs> and uh, I was was in the coach's office and wishing them a see. I, I heard that uh, you guys are very happy that he is a part of the uh, 2024 squad. We're glad he stayed back with us yes. here at Southern Miss. The the absolute fastest athlete to ever play at Southern Miss, Danny Lynch. That is right. <laughs> what what why did you guys enjoy watching Danny over the last couple of years? Oh, he's just eat up with personality. He just has it. He. And he, he enjoys what he does, you can tell, and he takes it serious. He plays hard and got the baseball feel, and I probably he probably plays hard other places. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love his personality, and he you know he is his own person on the field, and you can see it, and he's unapologetic about how he is and who he is, and it just it's really nice to see that. Absolutely. Coach Denson, um, it is a change in the guard. Coach Barry was on us earlier, and, you know, Help help fans. These two don't need any help in that. But help fans understand that got to let Oz be his own guy this year. Yeah, he's got to be, and he, and he will be. I don't. There's no question about that. And uh, he's a old pitcher himself. You know, he thinks different from an old hitter. You know, they think the opposite all the time. So, but you know, he's going to be himself, and he's going to be a great coach for us. I have no question about that absolutely he's gonna be a good one this uh, special eagle hour today brought to us by a lot of sponsors but we want to specifically thank covenant county hospital and southern metal supply for uh, for their sponsorship of this special show today covenant county hospital southern metal supply proud sponsors of the eagle hour and allow us to to be able to be here on opening day i, I know uh, angela getty and wendy Warren. you guys excited about about coach oz and and you know he we've been knew that this was going to be the next coach of the Golden Eagles, and you're excited to watch him coach this year. Absolutely. It's been nice to get to know him over the last few years. And, you know, he's, of course, been the pitching coach for, for us for quite a while. So I'm really excited to see what he does when he takes over the whole program. This, I think it will be great. Angela Getty, you have to watch every uh, baseball game with Bob Getty. What is that experience like? <laughs> it's good most of the time. Most of the time. he's He behaves himself. You think? Some, yes. Sometimes I've been up there and maybe – there's, there's some questionable. He, he gets that scowl on his face. Yeah, he does do that. Does he have that at the house? Yeah, but he quit doing that years ago, you know, like getting really upset about stuff because yeah. he got real mad about the Redskins. Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking, exactly. And uh, so we were headed back to Hattiesburg, and we were up in the Mississippi Delta, and we hadn't been married very long, and I just started chunking his tapes out the window. <laughs> I got him talking. <laughs> See what I deal with? <laughs> uh, Coach Denson, so about about an hour before first pitch, what's going through these players' minds? Well, again, the ones that hadn't played are really, really nervous right now. And, and of course, that ends like at a football game does. As soon as you kick it off, it, it all settles back down. But those guys are are uptight a little bit right now, but they'll be fine, you know, and the same thing's happening with Marist players. They're the same way. They, You know, everybody's ready for the game. And like I said to Scott earlier in the show, uh, it, it as a coach, you just this is a relief day. Now you go into the fun part of the season. So, so first lineup of the Ostrander era, Pato leading off in right field, Gabe Broaddus at third base, Slade Wilkes, the designated hitter, Monastere cleanup in center field, Ozzie Pratt at shortstop, Davis Gillespie in left field, Matt Russo at first base, freshman Lawson Odom behind the plate at catcher, Nolan Tucker batting ninth at second base, and Nico Mazza uh, will be the pitcher. Angela Getty, Wendy Warren, good lineup. What you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. You excited for first pitch today? Yes. Good stuff.
Coach Denson, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Luke. Enjoyed doing it. Congratulations on all you passing the test. I appreciate it. I'm proud of I appreciate it, it. The pride of base You're Prince smarter Mississippi. than you look. Well, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> glad you remembered that, Coach. appreciate that. It's been a great day, and we're looking forward to a great season. We'll catch you back Monday. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.